Hello, hello, and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. So I just got started about 10 minutes ago. I started recording and I was just all over the place in 10 directions at once. And you know why that is? Because I woke up, but an hour ago, I'm just drinking my decaffeinated cafe, and I haven't meditated. And so, of course, I'm going to sit down and start recording on my podcast with this freshly awakened energy, and I'm going to be like, all over the place in one minute. So you know what we're going to do today, just like I like to try to do in every episode? If you can, close your eyes. If you don't want to, keep them open. Let's take a breath in. And out. Ah, Breathe in through the nose. Exhale out the mouth. Ah, Breathe in through the nose. Exhale out the mouth. Ah, And just observe the sensation of your physical body. Feel the outlines of your skin. the blood running through the body, the muscles, the tendons. Maybe you can feel the heart beating in the chest, the lungs, all the little organs in the viscera. Down into the bones, feeling the bones, the earthiest part of the body, the skull, and the brain, the mind. Breathing into all of that. There we go. Now we're a little bit more embodied. We're a little bit more here, a little bit more present. And perhaps I can tell a story without getting all over the place in 20 directions. But you guys, what I really want to just tell you about, like I just want to share with you what I've been going through because I'm on the other side of it now. I'm I'm at the light. I'm I'm all I'm back and I'm better, you know. I got through it. The whatever you're experiencing is impermanent. I won't say I'm totally through it. I would say I've let go and I've surrendered to it. And now I'm just enjoying it. You guys, I feel so much better and I want to kind of walk you through what got me here because honestly I've had an interesting fall season with myself you know um about six weeks ago I started devotion which you know that program the success of devotion brought my business to a level that I've been working towards for so long for so long and I would just like was hitting this peak right like oh my god I'm so grateful I can't believe that here it all is all these amazing students I have all these students money is flowing towards me I'm living so comfortably like I get to spend the next three months teaching what I love. Like, I have finally built a a strong ship. I have finally built a strong business that can carry me through 
my life and support me and my family. And at the same time, my partner, Bruna, is like hitting this gorgeous point for herself where she got into this fire academy. And she is, I think she's one of two women, definitely the only person of color. Um, and she's there all the time. And when she's not there, she's in the gym training all of her clients. And I'm not seeing her a lot. And at the beginning, it was very, very hard for me. I'm actually surprised at how hard it's been. Again, been playing it cool. I've been acting like I've been fine with it. But it's been really hard to not have my maid around all the time, especially after a year of like being quarantined together, you know. And I was getting really stir-crazy. I have been wanting to not be living in this place anymore, but here we are. <laughs> and so I went up to my parents' house to like get some space and, um, you know, clear my head and hang out with my sisters and, you know, feel like I'm around people and have give Milo a place to, to play and be loved. And I was just like, what's going on with me? Like I've hit this success and I'm loving it. Like I'm so happy. I'm soaking it in. I'm so excited. But something in me immediately wanted to like go crawl into a hole after that. It was like, you guys, I have been putting myself out there as a teacher, as a someone to just inspire you in some way for I think since like 2019, maybe 2018, like, yeah. and I mean, if you're listening, you know, like really putting myself out there, like really showing up all the time in service. And you, you know, I know that those of you who are listening, like you get it, you get it. I'm not like Instagram addicted. I'm not like trying to become an influencer. I'm, I'm in service. I'm just in service. And I knew that I could run a business in service. And it's just so awesome to see that I'm doing it. So as this all like this weird shift started coming to me, I was like, okay, now I have the means to do more sessions of this cellular release therapy because I'm, I've been really enjoying it and it's just expensive. And I was just kind of like, okay. Let's, let's book a few more sessions. So what I did is an hour, two weeks later, I go for two hours. Two weeks later, I go for an hour. Um, and so now my next session will be in, in two weeks for two hours. And the, I mean, the sessions are amazing. None of them like extremely personal, but I know that I've shared with you guys like on a level, um, but anyways, I started going to see her more and just feeling more and more clear and embodied each time. But at the same time, this like, and then, and I had another crazy thing happen. I got this idea to launch meditation mastery. It came over me in one day, boom, put it out there. 21 people bought it. It was crazy. Like it was crazy to me just how effortlessly things are rolling in my business and as I told you guys last week, like the first day of that class, I had cramps all day. I was so exhausted. And to me, this moment, like this day was really when things started to like get heavy for me. When this like 
exhaustion and this kind of overwhelm started to come over me. And I just worked through it, as I always do. Work through it. Just keeping take, keep taking care of yourself because guess what you've got coming up? It's almost October. You've got to do your Sunrise Zoom yoga launch. You've got to do the whole campaign that you do to get people into your yoga classes because, Jane, you need to be making sure that people are doing their yoga. This is your job. Like you, you have to help inspire people to stay on their mats through the winter season or if they stop practicing. Like these are the things I tell myself, you guys. And so I start getting ready for the launch and I just like start feeling overwhelmed and I sit down to like make a post or like a Canva story and I'm like literally stuck. And the amount of times, you guys, that I sat down to like write an email or write a post or, or make a story, it was literally like this block. Like my body was like, uh, nope, mm-mm, uh-uh, we don't want to, no, nothing. Like give me some words, give me some words to talk about, give me some words to talk about yoga. We don't have any, we're not going to give you any. And I was like, what is happening to me? Because you guys, I love my work. I love talking about sunrise zoom yoga like I will tell you about my virtual yoga studio all day and I did in the last episode because I love it but when it came to like the actual marketing of it again so easy to talk the actual marketing of it I I was blocked I could not like I made some stories and I keep looking at them and I'm like these are shit so weird you guys and so at some point last week, I think it was Tuesday, like, I, my checklist had all these things about the sunrise launch on it that I just wasn't willing to do. And I was starting to feel so overwhelmed. And like all these other things, I wasn't like, oh, I'm overwhelmed because I'm blocked in sunrise. You guys, I didn't realize that I was blocked there. It was just like, not alive for me today, but it'll be alive tomorrow. That's what I kept telling myself. And I'm telling my assistant, like, get ready. We're going to launch this. Like, we're going to do all this. And I was just like expecting that I would wake up one day and like the inspiration would be there. So there's this day where I just, I wake up and I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. And this was one of the days that Bruna was home and we happened to cross paths in the kitchen and she could see and she's like, what's wrong? And it's funny how this is kind of the nice part about not having her around is that I knew I would cry if she asked me what was wrong. And she's like, what's wrong? And she like sits me down on the couch and I just start crying. And I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. She's like, why are you so overwhelmed? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why. And she's like, you need to take a break. And and I'm just like at this point of like what is wrong with me what is happening to me you know and it was really scaring me and I'm sitting here on the couch looking at the bookshelf and there's this little book looking at me called wintering wintering do I have it yeah it's right here the power of rest and retreat in difficult times by Catherine May really gorgeous book and my last guest Christina she mailed this book to me Um, I feel like it had to have been last spring because I feel like, or maybe it was like middle of winter. It was like, oh, this isn't the perfect time to read this book. So I put it away and I saved it. So during that moment of overwhelm, you know, Bruna's like, you need to take a break. You need to calm down. I had been like sniffling and sneezing and coughing all morning. I had taught my class and was like, wow, I don't sound good. And then I got like really overwhelmed and I was just like, okay. I'm canceling my day. 
my day that was two two one-on-one clients, <laughs> big day. And then I had a cellular release session that night. And I messaged her and I was like, I'm really, really stifling, like blah, blah, blah. Is it all right if I come in anyways? And she's like, yeah, totally. I'm not concerned. So I give myself the day. Like I just, just cut it all loose. I make a coffee, I get in the tub and I go to listen to a podcast. And, you know, if you look at my Spotify podcast, you're going to see like a lot of spiritual stuff, right? Like I love Jay Shetty's show. Um, I love Saudi Simone's show. Um, I'm like, what other podcasts do I listen to? I obviously listen to my girl, Maddie Maple. Like I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, to be honest. There's maybe a few, the Wisdom Podcast, Vital Veda, like they're all pretty spiritual, I would say. And there's one podcast that's like a guilty pleasure for when I really don't need any of that spiritual shit in my mind. And it is Call Her Daddy. I don't, I haven't listened to like a ton of them. Um, but when I was traveling alone in Thailand, I listened to one and it was cracking me up so much. Like it was like keeping me company because traveling all the way to Koh Samui was very lonely by myself. And um, then when like someone was like, did you hear everything that's happening with Call Her Daddy? And during the pandemic, I like went and listened to an episode and I was like, wow, this Alex Cooper is really, really interesting. Um, I'm a fan. So, but I didn't really listen a lot in the old days. So I don't know. I'm like a more of a new, new era fan. So anyways, I, and, and, and it's funny because I'm in such a sensitive state that I'm kind of like, I hope this like supports me in some way. Like, I hope this doesn't like do, you know, sometimes the episodes are a little annoying and I'm like, fuck, why did I just give that my attention? But I see that there's an episode called, I got caught photoshopping, I think is what it was called. And I was like, it's just so interesting how we're just drawn to like, okay, I'm going to turn that on. And I'm listening to it and she's telling this like vulnerable story about being on her birthday in Vegas. And it's, oh my God, it's the most relatable story. She's having so much fun there at this amazing dinner. All of her friends and family are there. She looks amazing in this dress. And at the end of dinner, her friend's like, we need to take some pictures. So her boyfriend takes some pictures of her and her friend before they get in the car to drive to whatever club or whatever they're doing next. And she's saying, like, I was having the best, like, best, best birthday ever, best time of my life. And then my boyfriend hands me the phone to see the pictures that we just took. And I, like, am not happy with how I look. Like, how relatable is that when you're like, I look so hot right now, take a picture of me. And then whoever takes it gives it to you. And you're like, oh, wow, never mind. <laughs> so relatable. And she says that, like, in that moment, in the limo to the next thing, she, like, does her little Photoshop, Facetune, whatever, to, like, fix it and make it look good so that she can post it. Meanwhile, she doesn't know that her friend kind of, like, photo dumped a bunch of the photos into like an Instagram carousel at the same time. The non-photoshopped photo, right? And I'm thinking, wow, like I love to like saturate my photos so that my hair looks more red, stuff like that. 
but I'm like, wow, that must – like I would never be like, oh, my body doesn't look right in this picture. I'm going to like Photoshop it to change it. I wouldn't know the beginning of how to do that. But if I had like millions and millions of followers, I cannot say that I wouldn't. I have no idea, you guys. I have no idea what it could be like to have millions and millions of followers critiquing everything you do. I, I have no idea what that could be like. And anyways, go listen to the episode because she starts getting into, um, obviously she gets caught and like this TikTok storm comes after her and people are telling her like horrible things because she got caught photoshopping, which is like so silly to me. Um, like, so you got caught, like everyone photoshops. I mean, if you have that many followers, I'm assuming that you've photo photoshopped. Okay. Let's just all assume it. Let's assume that you've had like some sort of work done on your face or on your body. Like, I'm sorry, but I'd rather just assume those things. And so then I'm not judging anyone when I find that out. <laughs> like, let's be realistic. Anyways, wasn't planning on tell you, telling you all about the episode, but she starts talking about like, you guys, this Instagram stuff, this is toxic. And she brings up this I think it's a Washington Post story about how Facebook did this research that social media is destroying the mental health of young women and they never released it. And I think it was the Wall Street Journal who found it and released it. And, and you know, Alex, she I feel like she understands that she is influencing millions and millions of young women with every episode. And that's why the show has changed so much. And that's what I really respect about her. And she starts sharing this research, these statistics, and she even has a psychologist come onto her show and talk more about it. And the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh my God, Instagram is the problem. This feeling of overwhelm, this feeling of not enough, this not enough, not enough, not enough. Like, oh my God, why is this not enough feeling coming back to my body again? And as I'm listening to this show... It's like, I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, it's clicking. I need some time away from Instagram. And Alex says that she turned off her comments and turned off her likes. And she's like, I am exponentially happier. Like it has changed her life that she doesn't get comments anymore. And she's like, yeah, it might hurt with my like numbers, but like who cares at this point? And she even says like, if you're not running a business that requires you to have an Instagram, why are you on it? Because that's how I feel. Like if I weren't trying to run my business through IG, I wouldn't be having these issues. I'd just put it away. So after that, I'm just like, wow, that was amazing. Thank you, Alex. You just inspired me so much. <laughs> like that was exactly what I needed because I hadn't, it hadn't come to mind once, once that maybe it was my Instagram bothering me. Maybe it was that responsibility, the marketing, the running of the business through IG that was starting to get to me. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to take the day off, you know? I got in bed and read for like three hours, which is just my very favorite thing to do. I read um, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. I pretty much read all of it. Finished it that day. Fantastic book. Oh my God and um no I hadn't started wintering yet because I had I had already started Born a Crime and I had to finish it and I just was like 
I love when I have the day off and I'm like, my goal today is to finish reading this book and to be completely immersed into the life of this little biracial kid living in post-apartheid South Africa. It was so fun to just escape. And when I finish the book and I put it down and I look at the clock, you know, and it's like three and I'm like, I'm not sniffling. I'm not sneezing. I'm not coughing. I feel so much better after just cutting myself loose. I cut myself loose and I didn't lay there and scroll through IG. I didn't like turn on Netflix. Like I provided myself like supportive content. And to me, a book is like the best way to escape. I would never think that call her daddy is going to like help me feel better, but it did. I think honestly, and something that show makes me laugh so much that I think that that's also what we need. Like we need more content that just makes us crack up. That's just silly and stupid, but like she's not silly and stupid all the time. She's pretty on it. Anyways, you guys, so all of this is leading up to my 4 p.m. cellular release therapy session that I was worried I was going to go in there and be like all sick and like, sorry, but I felt fine. I felt it was amazing how just I don't know how many hours went by, but I felt so much better. I thought that I was about to, this cold was about to take me down. And it was like that moment of just, okay, I'm letting go. I'm canceling the day. Made myself a big meal, bunch of tea, just like, you know, drank my electrolytes, all the things. Had some echinacea ricolas, all the things, okay? Just let go. Take care of yourself. That was like such a huge lesson I learned. It was amazing because then I felt better. And I went to see Bonnie, my cellular release therapist. And I sat down and we only had an hour. And I remember before I went there because Bruno was home this day. I was like, I don't even think I should go. I have too much on my mind. I'm too overwhelmed. There's no way she can help me. I don't feel well. It's too much. I think that I should have never started seeing her. I think that she opened a Pandora's box and now I need her to put everything back to where it was because I'm falling apart. Maybe I should have never gone. I don't know if she can help me. Like all of these things I was saying to Bruna and Bruna just laughed and she was like, just go. So I get there and I spend probably the first 10 minutes just like venting, just like, I'm overwhelmed. And I start talking about sunrise zoom yoga and how I cannot do it how I I can't market it I can't sell it I don't want to share about it like I'm out I'm put out and she's she's a healer with a strong business and she's laughing at how much of my story she's relating to and that alone was so validating she's like oh my god yep I get it you hit the success And you think you're supposed to keep growing and growing and growing at this exponential rate. And you know what that is? And I was like, what What do you mean? She was like, that's cancer. When you you just grow, 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 and you never stop to integrate and, you know, ground and where you're at. And I was like, yes, I need time to adjust to where I am. And so, you know, I'm kind of like, it's funny doing these this kind of work and you're like, so what are you going to do about it? You know, this isn't talk therapy. 
she always has something that we're going to do. She always has something in mind. And so she's like, okay, we're going to play. She gets like this like look in her eye like she's excited. She's like, we're going to have a conversation between your, your wounded, distorted masculine and your divine feminine. Because what she saw happening was that this wounded and distorted masculine was the one who was, and you could hear that voice, you got to keep going, you got to get people into yoga, you got to keep growing your programs, you got to have more students, you got to keep serving, but like all this bullshit telling me I'm not good enough, that what I've succeeded at isn't enough, and then I need to keep going and keep hustling and keep grinding and keep putting it out there. And she was just kind of calling that out. And she was like, how would you like to have a conversation between the two of these? And I was like, I'm down. This sounds super fun. So I actually um, wrote down what happened right afterwards. And I think that it might be better for me to just read directly out of my journal what happened there. And I share this with you because I want you to know that you can like access this kind of healing and I want you to know how impactful this was for me and I've had a lot of people ask me to share exactly what happens in a cellular release session and so this is just one example okay so she took two pillows white and blue divine feminine versus the distorted masculine both in me we would sit down and have a conversation it was intense she had me sink into a meditation first on the blue pillow, allowing the energy of my inner distorted masculine to come over me. My body started to heat up. My shoulders started to rise in this like power thing. I, and, my, and my hands started gripping. I could start to feel my, my fists and my nails digging into my palms. And, and I'm seeing this like kind of redneck looking flannel wearing redheaded angry drunk raging old man like i am seeing this person so clearly this distorted masculine that lives inside of me this angry raging drunken old man i saw him and he was me i felt him all of it i felt his compulsive need for control to keep it all together, to create a sense of safety, security, protection, and, and power. There was a hunger in him for security through power. And I started to relate to, like, this is how our last president must have felt. Like, this is how these, these horrible white men in power must feel, this, like, Hunger to keep it together, to find safety and security. It was insane. She had me visualize that I was talking to the divine feminine embodiment across from me. Okay, so there's a white pillow across from me. And I'm talking to this white pillow, visualizing this embodiment of the white feminine in front of me. And I see this gorgeous emanation of white Tara appear right in front of me. This beautiful white goddess. And she is just listening to this hurting man inside of me. 
and he's just hungry for control. He's saying, I have to stay in control. I can't let go. I don't trust anyone. Someone might take this all away from me. He was so afraid. It was deep, and I was crying a lot. It was very emotional to feel this distortion in my body of fear and hunger for power. And she let me kind of get out all that he needed to say. And I was seeing like, like he was just really trying to keep it all together and collect more as if collecting more power and money and resources and people was going to give him the stability that he was craving. So I let him say all he needed to say. And once I was done, she had me switch to the white pillow and I sank into the embodiment of the divine white Tara. <sighs> I felt such a softness come over my body. And she asked me to just listen to all that this man had just said. I listened to this wounded, angry man with this softness in my body. And I could see him exactly for who he was. A little boy who didn't get the love that he believed he deserved. But what he also couldn't see is that he's always been okay. Yes, he may not have gotten all of the love that he needed as a child, but he was always taken care of. There's always been some beautiful, magical force of nature taking care of him. And he can melt into that unconditional rich cloud of trust in abundance and as I was this divine feminine I was just holding him listening to him and she had me go back and forth so then again I switch back to the man and I and I keep on venting about all this pain and all these wounds and then I switch back to the divine feminine and she's listening holding him telling him what he needs to hear and it was so profound, you guys. Like, I wish that I had recorded all of it. I didn't record it at all. <laughs> I wish that I had tried to write down more of what happened. Um, anyways, it says, I finished as the wounded but now healing man. And I bowed down to her, this divine white Tara in devotion. And I came out of that just stunned. I really like, the hour wasn't quite up yet. And I was just sitting there like speechless. I had access like this inner patriarch, like this inner wounded masculine that I didn't know was there. Like I have touched on him a few times in the work that I do and the records and in exploring my own sexuality, but... I've always been kind of like disgusted by him. And as the white Tara, I was able to heal this angry creature that lived in him. And I just felt like fixed, <laughs> like all better. Like I left that session and I came home and and I was, I was so glad I could come home and just like sit down and write down all of it. Like I always give myself 
the whole day after these sessions to just be with myself and digest. And I wrote down all of this and I journaled about everything that was coming up for me. And when Bruna got home, she just said like, your eyes are different. Like you're, you look like you're back. <sighs> and I just felt so much better. I felt like a whole new person. And the next day I woke up and it was very clear. I need a break from social media, from marketing my business, from trying to bring in more clients. Like I need a break. I need to, I've always wanted to get to a point in my business where I'm making such a flow of money that I can step away from social media and I can step away from marketing myself and focus on the students that I have. And I finally get to this point and it's like I'm not giving myself the opportunity. And finally, you know, I woke up the next day just crystal clear. This is what I'm doing. And that whole day I just didn't get on social media and it felt so good. I was like, this is what I need. I need a break. So at the end of that day, I posted it to my story, you know, letting everyone know. I'm going to let my assistant run things in case anything does come through because people will DM me all the time, even if they have my phone number. And you guys, I just like, I seriously feel like I... As Ashe Sandara would say, I lifted the resistance coat off of my back and I feel so much better. I feel so much lighter. All of these judgments I was having in my head about what I should and shouldn't do have quieted down so much. You guys, if just deciding to not post on social media anymore influenced my mood that much, like, whoa, we really got to look at that. And there's, you know, a few, it's just interesting how content, you know, a podcast, a book, um, a healing session, and there's two other pieces of content that have come up that have really like supported me through this, which I find interesting. So I started reading this book, Wintering. And, you know, I wanted to because we're getting ready for winter. And this book is so beautiful because it's so much about withdrawing inwards and like taking care of the home and the body and, and finding the quiet moments and, and writing and being with yourself. And this woman, Catherine May, like she's having this illness and, and she's, she lives in England and she's just going through this winter, these wintering seasons for herself. And I'm reading this book and it's just giving me this permission to just like be as inward as you want, Jane. And it's funny because I have been wintering. Like I have been ordering all this stuff for my house to just make it even better. Like I want to reorganize this whole room. All I want to do is like clean out closets, like clear spaces, update things, make things feel better, plant candles, plant candles light candles have fresh flowers like I just want to cook more meals I just want to be at home you know winter is coming winter in Utah is real it's serious and I'm getting so excited for it and and I've been having this craving for more quiet 
And so yesterday, you know, I had two devotion classes and then I had a reading for a friend and between that I I read in the tub. I meditated. I sat on the couch. I made some delicious food. Like I'm just chilling. I'm not like working so damn hard. And I think what I wasn't realizing is how hard I've actually been working for the last year, like how much I have been grinding to the bone in the last year to get to where I am. And today I'm giving myself the chance to let go. And that moment of letting go just brought me, uh, it brought me so much peace. I truly feel like I'm on vacation right now, even though I'm still working. I feel like I'm on vacation. I feel like I'm more present when Bruna is here. I feel like I'm taking better care of my house. I'm wanting to cook more. I'm spending, I'm taking Milo on more hikes, which thus I'm getting more time outside in nature. I'm not, all this little busy work of marketing myself, oh my God, I'm amazed at how much mind space it took up. Just the mind space that Instagram took up, you guys. And just the mind space of hoping I have more money soon. You know, I think that is something worth speaking on, you guys. Like, if you're in a place right now where you're worrying about money and you're beating yourself up for that, I want you to give yourself some grace. Because... It's take, I've been like working on money beliefs and abundance and money mindset for so long because I had so many wounds around wealth. But I still found myself worrying about money. Even though like things are going well, business is going well, I wasn't yet at a level where I could just relax and not worry about money anymore. And then six weeks ago, my bank account hit a level where my entire nervous system relaxed, you guys. It's insane how much, again, just like Instagram is taking up like space, like t taking up rent in our minds, not having enough money or worrying that you won't have enough, you know, that takes up space in your mind too. And I always felt guilty that I had such a drive to make a lot of money as a healer. But I just knew, I just knew that once I hit this level that I wanted to see, that I would be able to relax. And oh my God, you guys, I am experiencing it now. Just being in that flow, being in that like ease of generosity I want a new desk. I'm going to buy one. Ordering it. It's here tomorrow. Like, rent is due. Oh, beautiful. Here it is. You know, filling up my gas tank without, like, checking my bank account first. Taking my little sister out to dinner as many times as she asks me to before she goes to college. Like, I don't care. Buying gifts for people and not looking at the prices. Like, that was space taken up in my mind. And, oh, my God, does it feel good to just be in the flow so I want you to know that that space is available for you there and that it 
it I don't want anyone to ever make it wrong to want to get to a point where they're making enough money that they don't worry anymore. That's a huge part of survival. So what I noticed is that once my mind wasn't worried about that survival of making enough money so that I could like pay off my credit cards and just make sure that like, you know, it takes money to run my business. Just, you know, all of that. It, it, I was investing, investing, investing for so long. And I really was, you know, trusting that all of that would come back to me tenfold. And then it did. And from that place of security and stability, I realized that all of this other shit that I wasn't dealing with was rising to the surface. Like deep stuff, you guys, you know, like I was talking to you, like I've been telling you in this podcast, all of this work that I've been doing, all of this other stuff was able to come to the surface for me once everything else got into that stability. And, you know, I was reading this article yesterday that really topped it off for me. Um, I will link it in the show notes. It's a big, it's like a viral BuzzFeed article. It's funny, not being on Instagram now, I'm actually like reading journalism again like I used to. BuzzFeed News actually has an incredible team of journalists, if you'd ask me. And there was a story about like millennial optimization. And how we, it's, there's a lot of details in this article. It's a very long article. But this concept of millennial optimization that kept coming up that was so intriguing to me. And what she's saying is, she's talking about the great resignation, right? This burnout. More people are quitting their jobs. More people in like middle class, upper class jobs, right? Because they're finally fed up with the way that things are. Like, they're realizing, people are starting to realize, like, I'm burnt out. And the way that this employer wants me to be an employee is not working for me. And with, you know, um, unemployment being what it was, that worked for a lot of people to just dip out of their jobs. I'm confused because people are like, people aren't going back to work. And that's what this article is saying is that like, they figured we'd hit a point where the unemployment runs out and employers, you know, would just be filling up with people again. And that's not happening. And I don't know if it's because people did, are doing what I did, which is just go make a business on their own or like how people are making this work. That's not what the article gets into. What the article gets into is that As millennials, people born, I think it's between 80 and 96, maybe, Um, we're born, right? And we're immediately kind of put into this watch. So she gives the comparison of, like, when I was a kid, I played night games, in the cove, like I could leave my house and just run around and be wild all night long. And my mom wasn't worried I was going to like get abducted or get lost or do bad things. Like I would come home eventually. And that was like the olden days, right? That freedom. That's not really a reality anymore. That's like something that we got in our childhood that didn't last long after that. 
So we're put into, you know, preschool, we're put into public schools, you know, usually ages like four or five, we're, we're put into these institutions that start to shift, sh shift us, mold us into what we are. And it's like first grade that I remember being like graded, like that you have to be good enough, that you have to be optimized enough to get good grades, to do well on these assignments, these spelling tests. That's what I remember, spelling tests. And immediately we're put in that, right? Even like as a kid, like being put in dance classes, like who's the best? Pitting each other against each other. You have to show up. You have to be the shining star. You have to be the best. And growing up in these like, you know, educational institutions that are pretty much preparing us, like especially in high school, like I was taking all AP classes, like you're going to stay up all night, you're going to grind this out, your mental health doesn't matter, getting a good score on the AP psych test is what matters, like go above and beyond, be on the soccer team, be on the cheerleading team, be on the golf team, run for class president, like be the perfect, do charity work, like you have to do all of these things going above and beyond to show society how good you are. Does this feel resonant? But wait, it doesn't stop there. Are you getting into a good college? You better get into a really good college, one that you probably cannot afford, but it's okay. Get into a good college, preferably out of state, because that's better, right? And then when you get there and you don't have any money to spend on the near forty dollars to $100,000 that it costs, it's fine. Just take out some loans. It'll all be worth it. Just take out some loans. It'll all be worth it. Now... I was luck, and this is like some very strong, this is like, yeah, I was expected, you will, you will get amazing grades in high school, you will get into an out-of-state college, you will go to that college, and I was one of those very privileged kids who was told, and we will pay for it. So this is where I'm a little bit out of that norm. I know that it's rare to be someone whose college was completely paid for. I do not have debt from college very, very grateful. But I want to hold space for those that do because this is the norm. It, I shouldn't be the 1% who graduated without debt. No, I should be the norm. And people shouldn't be taking out massive loans to pay for college, okay? I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna go further than that. But this is the idea, right? We've been told. It's like we've been told through our lives, sacrifice your mental health, sacrifice your sleep, sacrifice your own financial stability so that you can have, you know, good scores in high school so that you can get into a good college so that you can get your undergraduate. I remember someone in college telling me an undergraduate at this point is about as good as a GED. If you're not already planning to go to master's school and then to get your PhD or at least your LSAT, like you're worthless to society. And that guy, wherever he is, um, that is some serious conditioning, you guys. The story that you're going to invest, not even invest, put yourself into so much debt that it will pay off, that it will pay off, right? We were all told that. You'll be able to pay it off after college, okay? 
So we're after college. Most of us millennials, we have completed college. We are maybe finishing master's school or our PhDs, and we are still in shit tons of debt. Obviously, I don't relate to that. I didn't, I'm not going to any more college. I, I got my undergrad. I was like, I did it. I'm good, you guys. I don't need to do more. But don't worry, my parents, they want me to do more. I actually had a meltdown because... <gasps> Before my senior year, I started studying for the LSATs and taking the LSATs and putting that pressure on myself before I even finished college to get into law school. Because we're all conditioned to keep on optimizing. And that's what I loved about this BuzzFeed article is that she's saying like, we all want to keep optimizing ourselves to be better and to be better and to be better. Ooh, isn't it exhausting just thinking about it? Sorry, Milo is barking at someone. So then, you know, maybe you finished all your school and you get a job at a company and your salary is like an average salary and you're like, how the fuck am I supposed to use this salary to pay off my student debt? But you're still conditioned to be the most optimized version of yourself. So to show... To show this business, this employer, that you are above the rest, you're going to put in extra hours, you're going to stay late, you're going to answer your emails in the middle of the night, you're going to give them your life to show them that you're the most optimized employee. So I wonder if any of you relate to this. Um, you know, even just going to college and being expected, like as soon as I graduated, I was hand-delivered, of course, by my parents, this perfect job that would set me up with a 40k salary and benefits, and I would be set for life. And did I take that job? No, I did not. Did I really offend some people that I did not take that job? Yes, I did, but I was not about that life. I was not about, like, corporate nonprofit. <clears throat> I believed this radical belief that there was something else out there for me. Now, for most of our generation, we're like, no, I have to go, I want to go work for a cool company. Everyone wants to go work for a cool company, right? A cool startup. But at these companies, what we're noticing is that people, and we're noticing this in the education system too, you are grinding yourself out to show that you are the best. And an example that kept coming up in this article is the normality of if I email you at 1.30 in the morning, you get back to me. That there's no time off the clock. Because if you honor your time off the clock, you might seem less optimized than the rest of your employees. And there was this quote that kept coming up through the article, a meme that said, if you died today... Your employer would have a job posting for your position faster than your funeral would happen. And apparently that is what, like, that meme that I guess became viral, that's what start, like, that, like, triggered a lot of people into, like, oh my god, my, my employer doesn't care about me. And why is this related to what I'm talking about? Why is this related to what I'm talking about? You guys, I run my own business. I am my own boss. 
And I have this distorted, mean, masculine in my mind, this capitalist man yelling at me all the time, telling me that I'm not good enough, telling me that I need to be working harder, telling me that I'm going to lose everything if I take a day off, telling me that if I don't get on Instagram for a week, that people are going to stop trusting me, that people are going to think that I'm not there for them, that people are going to think that I am not a consistent teacher and healer and guide on this planet. That is a heavy, harsh voice to be putting up with. And reading this article about millennial optimization. How can I optimize myself? What training can I do? What certification can I do? What convention or conference can I go to to show the people that I'm working for that I am an optimized being? I don't need sleep. Email me all night. I'll be here for you. Give me whatever content you need me to create now. I can churn it out. I am a robot. I'm a zombie. My personal relationships are falling apart. I don't know how to cook a regular meal. I don't I don't eat regular foods. I don't go out in nature. I don't take vacation. I'm here to work. You are not here to work. And this article is saying, you know, I don't have any answers, but employers really need to start listening. And it's not Here's a, mind, here's a free mindfulness app. I loved this article because it said that mindfulness app you downloaded is just another optimization. It's another trick that you're going to give yourself to make you think, okay, if I do this five minutes of mindfulness every day, I'll be more optimized for my work. What about your soul? What about your well-being? What about your inner presence? What about your relationships? What about your connection to the earth? How can you optimize that? An app is not going to save you. An app is not going to heal you. We don't want to give our power away that way. So all these things that I think are going to optimize me, I'm letting go of them. I'm going to read books. I'm going to journal. I'm going to order more cookbooks or try more recipes. I'm going to honor the hell out of the time that I have with my girlfriend. I am going to be so present for my students, you guys. I get to spend most of my week writing lectures, creating class outlines, teaching. And when I am not teaching, when I am not with a client, when I'm not teaching a class, I am on a hike with my dog. I am reading a book, I'm journaling, I'm cooking, I am wintering. I'm taking care of this wounded man that's living inside of me that needs the unconditional divine love of the divine white Tara. I am melting into the feminine aspects of myself and and healing this wounded masculine that lives inside of me that is so hungry for power because this wounded masculine in me that's so hungry for power he thinks that if he can have it all that he'll be safe but what he really needs to do is loosen his grip and let the hand of the divine feminine hold him and just melt into that The earth wants to support you. The earth wants to love you. The earth is abundant. 
The earth wants to give you everything you need. How can you let go completely and surrender into the trust that the Divine Mother is caring for you and loving you, even if you do nothing today? I keep telling myself, if all I do today is read this book, I'm amazing. If all I do today is try a new recipe in my kitchen, I'm amazing. Because I have been grinding for years, you guys, on this journey. And now I have the gifts, the blessings to just sit back and relax. And it feels good. I was going to run away again to Oregon next month, but I decided to not run away anymore and to take care of my home and my family and myself and to really put more effort into my connection with others. As much as I want to isolate, I am really putting effort into connecting with my friends. And it also looks like more and more spaces for me to bring my community together and hold space. More of those places are arising. So I'm going to find Santosha here. I'm going to find that contentment here and what I have in my hometown and just trust that, wow, if this is the level of beauty that 2021 wanted to bring me, I can't wait to see what 2022 is going to bring for us. Thank you guys so much for just giving me your time. This was very much my story, but I shared it with you hoping that some parts of it connected with you. Some parts of it validated you and inspired you. If you want to learn more about cellular release therapy, you can reach out to me. If you... Communicate with me through DMs. My assistant will see it and she will pass the message on to me. But if you have my email or phone number, like just communicate with me that way. I'll get back to you way faster. And of course, I'm still <laughs> I'm still taking on new students. I'm still taking clients. If you want to come to Sanctuary with me, if you want to join Sunrise Zoom Yoga, your first class is free. Come drop into a free class. Um, or just sign up for a membership. You can buy one on my website, or again, message me and I'll send you the link. I'm still here, I'm still serving, I'm just not hustling in the way that I have been. And boy, does it feel good. I hope you have the most beautiful day. And I hope you remember that you are so, so, so loved. Thank you so much for listening.